Hi, and welcome to the Heartache to Hope podcast, where we get real about IVF, infertility, and pregnancy loss. I'm your host, Anita Thompson. From secondary infertility, multiple rounds of IVF, multiple miscarriages, and surrogacy, I am still on my journey to having a baby. Here, I'll speak with ordinary women who have become extraordinary through their journeys. This is a platform where you will hear authentic stories, get tips on how to cope, find support, and realize that you are not alone. It will be raw, emotional, and inspirational. This journey is complicated, isolating, and full of heartache. Here, we give it a voice. With heartache comes hope, and my hope is that you will find some here. So I thought the way to kick off episode one in the podcast was to tell you a bit about my story, the way infertility and pregnancy loss has changed me and the light bulb moments which I have learnt and which give me comfort in a long emotional process. So imagine a mirror that once hung so strong and steadily on your wall falls to the ground and smashes into pieces. You stare at it on the floor, not quite sure what to make of all the glass scattered around you. Gathering the pieces up, You start joining them back together, one by one, piece by piece, and hang the mirror back on the wall. But from that moment on, when you look at your reflection, it has changed. Of course, you know it is still you when you stare into it, but the mirror will never be the same, will never be whole as it once was, and the cracks will never disappear. That is infertility. That is pregnancy loss. It changes us. We break into pieces and put ourselves back together and break some more. The way we see ourselves and the way we view the world becomes different. Some days it is dark and hopeless and other days it is light and full of hope and obstacles overcome. Then other days you don't feel anything at all, completely detached from reality. My story has been filled with a number of chapters over the course of the last four years. Chapters detailing the immense highs of the two lines on the pregnancy test stick and seeing the joy on your husband's face, to the lows on more than one occasion of the, sorry, there is no heartbeat at the scan. From the strength in knowing you can try again, to the fear of wondering how you possibly can, to doing IVF and falling pregnant, to the absolute shock within the span of 24 hours, going from thinking at the 13 week mark, this is it to being told that really the only option is to terminate your pregnancy because no matter what you do, your baby won't survive. To waking up from that simple surgery seven hours later, informed you almost died from blood loss and had to undergo an emergency hysterectomy. No more pregnancy, no more ability to do what my body was built to do. Surrogacy being the only option. I'm still on the journey having found out only three days ago sitting here that our third embryo transfer to our surrogate was unsuccessful. Now that is a very short version of the last four years. That doesn't even come close to detailing the roller coaster, the dark places I have been, the fear, the loss of hope, and then finding it again. The roller coaster I am still confronted with on a daily basis as I still continue this journey. I know And I appreciate that four years is not as long as time as so many women have endured, but it is through sharing our stories and the chapters contained within them that we can start to heal 
and learn from one another. Our situation and our stories are different. You will hear that on this podcast. The whys and hows and whats. Women who experience infertility and pregnancy loss are strangers who can feel entirely isolated, yet can come together with a commonality that is so incredibly strong. The consistency lies in our emotions, the triggers we face, as well as the process of healing. You know, triggered just the other day, I went for a run because in that moment, I honestly didn't know what else to do. I ran with salt stinging my eyes, unsure of whether it was from the sweat or my tears. The feeling of hopelessness, so overwhelming, it covered my chest like a cocoon, closing in tighter and tighter. And for the first time, I asked God or the universe or whatever this higher being I pray to was, why me? I never asked that before. Never played the victim, just looked forward to what I needed to do next. But for some reason, at that point in time, I was overcome with emotion, with sadness, with anger. So as the pages of my story continue to be turned, much like yours, having found a selfless angel now who is our surrogate, yet still battling with infertility issues, I have felt compelled to reflect on all the years of struggle and what I've endured. Certainly not to relive the immense pain, but to understand why I feel the way I still do and to give it a voice so other women understand they are not alone and do not have to suffer in silence. We do have a voice, a loud one at that, which will only get louder by sharing and coming together. Consequently, I've uh, thought about the light light bulb moments along the way, which have given me comfort in an otherwise long wounding and an ongoing process. One, don't try and be that person you were, PT, pre-trauma. Trauma changes you. I look back on the time before my first miscarriage to the present and I am a different person. I don't know anyone who has experienced some kind of trauma and is the same person they were beforehand. I've often questioned who I am over the last four years and have tried incredibly hard to find her. I can't, and it is exhausting to try. What I have experienced has led to pain, sadness, grief and anger, ripping out my heart time and time again. But it has also made me stronger, more patient and more spiritual. To question who we are is simply a part of the process of self-discovery and healing, But to put too much energy into being that person you were only exacerbates the pain. Two, being vulnerable is being strong. I thought being strong was mostly about getting back up each time you get knocked down. And it is to a large extent, but there is just as much strength in being vulnerable. I hid my emotions and feelings for a long time, not telling people where I was in my journey for fear of being seen to fail. It wasn't until a dear friend said to me, it's okay not to be okay, that I realised that to have the courage to put yourself out there, particularly when you don't have control over a situation, is strength without question. The vulnerability I showed ultimately led me to my surrogate, something which would not have happened if I thought strength was only one dimensional. Three, happiness, sadness and anger aren't mutually exclusive. 
I labeled my days and my energy based on one emotion. I would have either a happy day, a sad day, or an angry day. If I felt one, I honestly thought I couldn't feel another. Then if it were a sad day, I would feel guilty for feeling a moment of happiness when I was grieving. So through talking with my therapist, I've come to realize that all the emotions we feel because of what we go through are yin and yang. They exist as inseparable and contradictory opposites. Four, try to not let fear of judgment get in the way of talking to people. Whether it is one person or a group of people, friends, family, or a professional therapist, find at least one person you can talk to. Whoever you choose, though, you have made that decision for a reason, so trust them. They may not fully understand or empathize if they have not been through it themselves, but trust them. Trust why you chose them and trust they won't judge. Five, practicing gratitude helps, but it's okay to tell gratitude to fuck off. I've listened to almost every podcast there is about practicing gratitude. I focus on the little things, I soak it in, and when I feel like it, I write in my gratitude journal. It is therapeutic, but there are certainly some days where I want to tell gratitude to go to hell. Of course, I'm grateful for everything I do have, of which there is a lot, but I also feel like what the universe has served up for me is completely unfair. There is no need to feel guilty about feeling less grateful some days. Six. Meditation and boxing are equally therapeutic. I can't go a day without meditating, and if I do, I can feel the difference in my energy. It helps me feel grounded, calm, and in flow. Insight Timer is a brilliant app that has loads of free meditations, including those by Sarah Blondin. Um, She has really saved me, and you'll understand once you listen to her. Um, But I also have a boxing bag and gloves, letting it all out that way when I need to, and damn, it feels good. Finding something to help release whatever is building up is a must. Seven, you can absolutely get back up, even if it is just for a moment. In the raw emotional moments, when there is yet another obstacle to overcome, like when I was told we miscarried or the transfer to our surrogate didn't work, when all feels completely hopeless, there are still small glimmers of hope. When you feel like you cannot endure one more moment of pain, there are small glimmers of hope. When you see those glimmers of hope, do what you can. Do what you can in those moments, even if fleeting. Eight, the need for communication with your partner is never greater I was not a big communicator and I very rarely shared my feelings because it was not something that I was brought up to do. For me, it was a learned skill and it's led to my relationship with my husband only getting stronger through all the obstacles we have faced and men, we've faced many. Men are not mind readers, believe it or not, and it is extremely difficult for them to see the one they love go through something so traumatic, both physically and emotionally. I typically would bottle things up and the roller coaster of emotions I go through each day would be completely confusing for him. But by letting them into your feelings, it helps them become part of the process of healing and it allows you to sit comfortably in your emotion, whether that be absolute heartbreak, where you want to lie in bed or sit in the shower and cry, or anger, where even the smallest of things is too much. 
Nine, you won't know what your triggers are until you're triggered. What is a trigger one day will not be the next. What makes sense as a trigger suddenly will not make sense. When you have just experienced a setback, you will notice every female walking past you is pregnant. When you read a post which starts with trigger warning and you don't read past that, you're triggered. This is when self-care is so important. Do whatever you need to do under the umbrella of self-care to regain your balance and reduce the vertigo that is a trigger cause. So am I healed? Definitely not. That mirror well and truly remains cracked. Do I have my happily ever after? Not yet in the context of a baby. I am a work in progress, dealing with the heaviness of infertility every day. There are days where it eats away at me inside slowly or it explodes like hot lava out of a volcano when I least expect it to. The process is long and complex, but I tell you what, the amount I have learnt and grown along the way is incomprehensible. Through the darkest of moments, I stop and say to myself, look where you are and look how far you've come. Just saying that to yourself turns the chaos on its head just for a moment. And for those experiencing pregnancy loss and infertility, just like me, you survive this. The mirror may remain shattered and your reflection broken, but just as the sun rises every day, you will rise.